This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to A Game of Two Halves, a sports podcast by The Straits Times. I'm ST Sports Correspondent Zali Abdulaziz and with me today is my colleague Wang Ming Ming. How are you Ming today? Hmm? Yeah, good. Great weekend of sports. Let me start this week's Game of Two Halves by saying first, I will be really, really sad the day Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo call time on their careers. We are living in a truly glorious age for football and I think it's one that we won't truly understand until it's over. Uh, last night, Singapore time, Messi scored a hat-trick in Barcelona's 4-1 win over Real Betis, uh, which is his 51st career hat-trick. That's ridiculous. That means over 150 of his close to 600 goals for Barcelona have come in the form of hat-tricks alone. You know, if you were to digest that for a minute, you probably can't even comprehend it. Then when you look at the quality of the goals, the third one, the chip, which clipped the underside of the crossbar, you know, half the players on the pitch on both teams, even on Barcelona's side, had their hands on their heads and even the Betis fans applauded him. Just outstanding. Mm, yeah, seems like it's kind of a dance competition. Like So Ronaldo executed his moves in midweek, you know, with that hat trick in the Champions League and after that Messi responded with more moves huh? now it's back to Ronaldo and it seems like it's never ending but I think we are approaching the end so Ronaldo it's 34, 34 this yeah. year and Messi is 32 so yeah. we don't have much time left so let's yeah, which enjoy is why, like I say you yeah. know like we, we, we ought to enjoy it while yeah. last. you know Ronaldo's impact at the weekend was highlighted in a different way from Messi he was rested after like yeah. you mentioned the midweek Champions League hat trick and you know he was rested for the Serie A game and Juventus lost for the first time this season they lost 2-0 to Genoa I don't have a favourite. Like I said at the top, both players are great to me. I enjoy them equally. What about you, Ming? Actually, I don't have a favourite as well. But in terms of statistics, I think Ronaldo has the age at the moment. So, Messi has like 591 goals in 674 games for Barcelona. But Ronaldo, although he has scored less, he has scored 450. But they came in 438 games, more than a goal per game. And you look at the Champions League, which is pinnacle, the, uh, the right, pinnacle yeah. of uh, European football, club football. And you know, Ronaldo has 124 Champions League goals. And it's quite interesting. Saying you know, to think that actually he scored his first Champions League goal after 30 matches and he has 18 goals more than Messi. Both have eight hat tricks each, which is incredible. And oh, by the way, Ronaldo has more Champions League goals than the whole of Atletico Madrid throughout <laughs> their history. Atletico has 118 compared to Ronaldo's 124. And Ronaldo has 63 Champions League goals in the knockout stages versus 40 from Messi. And he has reached 11 of the past 12 semi finals. Yeah, yeah. That brings me to my next point about Ronaldo. First of all, you sound like an auditor. Mm. I got dizzy with all the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but that just highlights how remarkable their achievements are mm. in terms of goal scoring and reaching certain stages of competition. So, you mentioned with Ronaldo, you know, in his nine seasons with Real Madrid, they reached the final four times and the semi-finals another four times. He enshrined his status at Real Madrid and Real Madrid this weekend, of course, Zinedine Zidane returned to the dugout and yeah. he oversaw a 2-0 win. Seems like Zizou can't do anything wrong. He recalled Kayla Navas, Isco mm. and Gareth Bale. They kept a clean sheet and both attackers scored. But long term, now, with yeah. a Ronaldo-less Real Madrid, how do you think he's going to do? Looks like Zizou has to buy because no matter how he look at it, there's a CR7 shaped hole in the team. You're talking about replacing a guy with 450 goals, uh, so it's not easy. So he definitely needs a goal scorer, not just creators, because I know Eden Hazard has been making noise about going to Real, you know? but what Real Madrid really needs right now is a proven scorer who can guarantee them like 30 goals a season. See, and that's the thing. So they've been linked with this marquee signing and, yes. and Neymar and you mentioned Eden Hazard have been at the forefront. Uh, but neither are uh, exactly, you know, 30-40 goal a season uh, yeah. players. I, in fact, yeah, I can't really, even find a 30-40 goal yeah, a season Yeah, so that player. really puts into perspective like just how the greatness of Ronaldo and Messi. Even though they're in their 30s and approaching the end of their careers, they're still head and shoulders above everybody else. Above Mbappe, above Neymar, above Salah, above 
Harry Kane. No? We are watching keenly who's going to be the next one to step up. Uh, talking about Salah, I'm sorry, uh, but uh. you know, I have to say he's going to be out of my FPL team already. I <laughs> lost patience with him. If he can't score against Fulham, what hope does he have? I think he's. We discussed this, I think, like a month ago, yeah. uh, six weeks ago, something like that, whether he's in a rut. And I think he truly is. Like He looks quite desperate to get on oh, the end of yeah, you know, final he, balls. You, know, you can see his frustration, right? Yeah, he's been snatching at shots, but at least he's still creating goals. Against Burnley, I think he created a wonderful yeah. goal. You know? Then yeah. with the outside of his foot. Then against Bayern, he was fantastic as well. You know? yeah. uh, chipping but in. It just seems like. It's one of those things where you know, like I was watching the Fulham game, and it was like one of those things where the cross comes in. It always lands nicely for Mane, or, or it, yeah, it hits towards Firmino. Seems like the touch just deserted him. Correct. Yeah. But okay, let me bring up another stat. So no matter how poor Salah looks like he's been, he's just one goal behind Sergio Aguero in, yeah, in the top again, of the scoring yeah. chart. So <laughs> if he's less poor, I'll, I'll take that any day. Correct. Though. Really put things into perspective. And obviously there was only four Premier League matches over the weekend. It was the FA Cup weekend. In the FA Cup, Man United lost to Wolves and Man City beat Swansea a bit fortuitously 3-2. City have been drawn against Brighton in the semi-final with Watford and Wolves in mm. the other semi-final. You know, are they favourites for the FA Cup, you feel? I think it looks like it. No? I think they look like the hottest favourite in many, many years. On paper, it seems like none of these other three teams is anywhere near even City's second eleven. So, yeah, I think the road seems clear for Pep to win the FA Cup. Now, if you're enjoying this episode of A Game of Two Halves so far, do subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Do like it and give us a rating. Back to our show. Now, we move on to the second half. On Sunday, Suru Yong set a new men's marathon national record with his 2-hour, 23-minute and 42-second effort at the Seoul Marathon. He lopped 40 seconds of the previous mark of 2.24.22 set by M. Ramachan at the Chiang Mai Sea Games in 1995. It was a, a good weekend for Singapore athletics overall with 400-meter hurdler Mark Brian Lewis, 16, also winning Singapore's first-ever goal at the Asian Youth Championships. This year's edition was in Hong Kong. Rui Yong, for our listeners who may not know, is quite an outspoken. Spoken uh, character To say the least <laughs> yeah. uh, He's clashed with authorities On numerous issues Such as sponsorship Even apparel and, and other regulations He's not everyone's Cup of tea But you have to give him Props lah For backing his talk up You know he has won Back-to-back SEA Games gold Now he's now got The Marathon National Record And to add to his uh, list He's got also The Half Marathon National Record And the 10K Record So you have to give him Credit right? Yeah I mean He's really quite a character and he really he walks the walk uh. whatever he said you know, all the bold things that he said the people he's clashed with you know, the feathers he's ruffled he delivers results and to break a 24 year old record is really quite something when so many excellent runners have tried and failed but yeah. Rayong has finally done it and I can only see him going further and further because he has that strength of character to do it I guess yeah I guess that, that's the thing I mean he, yeah, he's he seems immune to criticism, criticism yeah, that's like the, pressure from thing. officials like, Correct. You know, he, he just finds a way around it uh, yeah, and, and yeah. just sort of blocks it out uh, yeah, and and he and loves proving people wrong because correct. a lot of people thought that he couldn't get his second SEA Games goal yeah, uh, because yeah. his timings for the year weren't that good but he somehow he delivered amidst yeah. a controversy correct yeah <laughs> so I guess that's a fantastic thing about him like, you know he, he just he creates controversy you know sometimes yeah. deliberately sometimes not you feel but yeah. you know at the end of the day he delivers results and, that, and that's the most important thing now Ryong told ST he was gunning for the Olympics you know mm. he can do so by finishing in the top 10 of one of four world marathon majors or by finishing top 5 in an IAAF gold label race, both of which are more realistic than meeting the 
to 11.30 qualifying time because he need to get 12 mm, minutes of mm. his national record. So do you think he can earn a berth at the Olympics? Yeah, I, I wouldn't bet against him because... Yeah, uh, based on his track yeah, record, be, right? Yeah, because to finish in the top 10 of a Blue Ribbon race is doable. He just needs to pick the right race and I'm looking forward to see how it goes. Talking about the Olympics, you worked with our colleague Nicole Chia and uh, you guys wrote a feature about the new Olympic sports that will feature at Tokyo 2020, uh, breakdancing, kitesurfing, skateboarding and sport climbing. Can you tell us more uh, about that feature? As for myself, my contribution to the feature was on breakdancing and on skateboarding. And one thing that really, really struck me was the passion the skateboarders and the b-boys and b-girls have. Despite being very niche sports, but they pursue their passion. Unfortunately for the skateboarders, there's some turbulence behind the scenes. You know, like, uh, seems like they can't be on the same sheet as the NSA. But for the B-Boys, I think it looks good. I sat amongst them when they met with SNOC and it seems like progress is being made and the people are genuinely passionate and it's really quite doable for us. To I, I don't doubt for a moment the passion that these guys have for their sports and their yeah. activities. But I do question or I'm curious lah rather yeah, about yeah, yeah, how they are in the Olympics you know yeah, all yeah, things, I mean it's a right? big talking point right you think about Olympics you think about swimming you know, wrestling weightlifting you know, gymnastics but feats of uh, human athleticism yeah, and, and strength yeah, and stuff yes, like that yes right? the keyword yeah. is athlete no? that yeah. means you know, discipline wake up early not you know, dancers right? sleep so, early yeah. you know, you, uh, I don't think break dancers are the most disciplined <laughs> lot yeah, you know? they, they uh, might do their practice at clubs you know for all you yeah, know yeah, even at 3am so. uh, with alcohol you know? but what struck me was I think the world has changed with social media and I think youngsters probably wouldn't want to watch Greco-Roman wrestling anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think it that has to change. True, it has to change, you know. And in uh, other local sports, the Singapore football teams are also in action this week. The men's senior team, still without a permanent head coach, are in Kuala Lumpur for the Air Marine Cup. And the under-22s have their AFC under-23 qualifiers in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. Very exotic location. Mm. You know, what do you think of their respective chances? Okay, let's start with the senior Lions first. Actually, I don't envy Nasri Nase, who is the stand-in coach. Because can you imagine a more difficult debut than to play against Malaysia? You know? In Malaysia, yes. yeah. It's like being a Liverpool manager and playing your first game against Manchester United or Everton. And can you imagine the consequences of losing? And Nasri won't be without a lot of good players like Afanik Iksan and Bahaki has retired. So it's going to be quite a mountain for Nasri to climb. But let's wish him all the best. Okay, and moving on to the under-23s. On paper, the group doesn't seem that tricky. I mean, It North seems Korea, a bit promising, right? I mean, North Korea, Hong Kong, <laughs> Mongolia, what's so difficult about that? Yeah. No, but, no, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, there's always a big but. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing. Like, every time we are drawn in these kind of groups, uh, I think like, hey, if the top seed team in our group is North Korea, yes. you know, we have a chance because it's not as though it's Japan or South Korea mm. or Iran or something like that. You know, it's, it's North Korea who, you know, depending on their batches, our boys may be a match for them. But, what's your assessment? Do you think they're going to finish in the top two or, or I think it's going to be very 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 difficult because looking at the spate of poor results from our age group teams actually I think our under 18s lost to Mongolia 4-2 a couple of years ago like, after going 2-0 up you know, in Mongolia right in Ulaanbaatar it was snowing right yeah, yeah it was snowing then the boys got quite shaken you know? yeah. yeah and we had 3 players sent off we really don't know so much about all these teams except what we can expect is like, hard running youngsters from all 3 countries you know? yeah. so, but, but Fundy is good at rallying the, the troops yeah. he's good at making the boys work but I still think that we are a bit lacking in the talent department but mm. uh, let's see how it goes and on that note, there's the final whistle bringing to a close a game of two halves. Thanks, Ming. Mm, thank you. If you enjoyed the episode as much as we did, do subscribe to a game of two halves on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Do like it or give us a rating. That was an SPH podcast. 
Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.